podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast, home of the best 49ers takes. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing today? So good. So good. So ready for football season. So ready for the 49ers. Preseason starts this week. We got the Hall of Fame game. We're recording on uh, Wednesday, August 4th, so that'll be tomorrow for us. I'm not sure what day it'll be for you, but we got the Hall. Football starts this week. Training camp is happening. This is This is real, and man, is it fun. Man, is it fun. Everyone's there. Everyone's ready to go. Some people there are there, and they're coming in with a new contract. And so yeah. that's, that's really what we're most excited for. Is yes. These boys walking in with uh, a little more security and longevity in a 49ers uniform in their pocket. Yeah, so it's been a little while since we've you guys have been hearing us. I was going to say since we've seen you guys, but that language doesn't make any sense. Um, but the big, big news that's happened in the last few weeks is the 49ers did extend starting linebacker Fred Warner, the best linebacker in the NFL. They signed him to – it's to a – sorry, I got the contract details pulled up here. I think it was a five, yeah, a five-year, $95 million, $225,000 contract with the 49ers – with a $12,320,000 signing bonus. There's another bonus that's effectively a signing bonus because it goes in like next June if he's still on the 49ers roster. They paid their man and he deserved it. Any thoughts on the Fred Warner contract, Daniel? It literally makes me speechless. It gets me so excited that Fred Warner is going to be around for this long. I was afraid that he might be the superstar that gets gets caught by some other team that gets chased away with more money somewhere else because we signed Trent Williams, because we've been wanting to sign other guys and keep them around. I just was fearful that Fred Warner was somehow going to be the odd man out. So I'm so, so very excited that he is not, and that he is here to stay. And not only did we give him, you know, a certain amount of money to stay, but I think we made him very happy to stay. And I think he was already very happy to stay. I think that Warner wants to be here. I think that this defensive core and this, this core of of guys are bonding. They love it. They love the coaches. They love each other. They love San Francisco and boy, do we love them. So I'm stoked that he's here for quite a while. And other, other wins. I mean, just for Warner's sake, it's, it's great. They set up this contract. It's going to be, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent when he's 30, which allows the 49ers to maybe extend him. There's a couple years that could be like a good year to move on if he's not playing well, but it really is giving Warner a lot of flexibility to, if he continues to be the best linebacker in the NFL, continue to cash in again in five years, which is great for him. The contract is wizardry. I mean, I, David Lombardi of the athletic has an article just breaking down how, it was like so tailored to fit under the cap in specific years and it's just it's a master class in dealing with the salary cap over at the 49ers so that if you're into that um that's fascinating as well i recommend i'm not going to break it down on the podcast because it's beyond me but it's it's fascinating um any other thoughts on fred warner before we get to our other big uh couple other big signings 
I didn't necessarily make the connection that we signed him. You know, I know it's a five-year, but making the point we signed him until he's 30. So we just locked him up for his prime. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is exciting. I love that we have him for that long. I love that the leader that he is, the guy that he is. Um, I think he was main, maybe the guy that Robert Sala connected with the most. Uh, so I'm excited to see the ways that Fred Warner takes, not necessarily Sala's scheme or anything, uh, but just pure character and excitement. I hope yeah. that Warner is what we got to watch Sala on the sideline as I hope is Warner on the sideline when he's there and on the field, just that energy and that leadership and that encouragement that Sala was. Um, I hope to see that from Warner. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Fred Warner. I mean, the 49ers really have had, we should break this down sometime, just pure dominance, the linebacker position over the past 15 to 20 years. I mean, we've, there's been a rare time where we haven't had one of the best linebackers in the NFL on the field. So that's, it's good to see the next big piece of news, Trey Lance on the morning of training camp. He really took us down to the wire there, signed his rookie deal. It is a fully guaranteed $34.1 million contract. Um, NFL rookie deals are usually like the, the rates are pretty much set out based on where they go in the draft. There's not much that can be negotiated over, over other than guarantees, other than signing bonuses. So the 49ers paid Trey well, fully guaranteed deal. And he showed up just in time for training camp, not missing any practices. And yeah, any other thoughts on, we'll get, we'll dive into some Trey hype later when we talk a little bit about some training camp takeaways, but any thoughts on Trey signing that deal, Daniel? His signing bonus is $22.1 million. Yeah. I'm not an expert on signing bonuses, but $22.1 million signing bonus for a man who has never played in the NFL for a and ha- Yeah. And That's who's bigger than Fred Warner's an, signing bonus. It's bigger than Fred Warner's signing bonus. And Fred Warner has been an all-star, an all-pro and is going into his fourth season and is already going to be on the field as a starter and maybe the best defense, definitely the best defensive starter on our team and one of the best in the league. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Trey Lance. I'm not even talking about Trey Lance. I'm talking about a a rookie quarterback who he's not destined for a backup role by any means, but he's not coming in as a starter like Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson is. And he's getting $22 million signing bonus comparatively to your now fourth year linebacker. Yeah. Who, like that's nuts. I don't, again, I'm not an expert on signing bonuses, but 22. It is crazy. On top of a fully guaranteed contract. I want to see where that ranks with other rookie contracts. I'm going to yeah. do some research on that and we'll talk about that. I'll be curious to look into that for sure. I think, I mean, my big takeaway was like, oh, wow, the 49ers like really want Trey here. They're willing to pay for him. But I guess like that was the takeaway from the trading three first round picks for him as well. So it's continued to see like, oh, good. They've seen him practice. They've met with him a bit and they still really want him here. But I definitely was like, well, we kind of knew that going in. Um, One more piece of 49ers news. This is really the big, the big news. Before training camp, the 49ers signed tight end. Jordan Matthews. And if you're wondering why I said tight end so weirdly, it's because until about a month ago, Jordan Matthews was a wide receiver that the 49ers cut like six months ago. And now he's back as a tight end, which has been happening a little around the NFL. Kelvin Benjamin also tried to make a little, little tight end comeback, but Jordan Matthews, he's put on 20, 25 pounds. He was at tight end university and he knows the 49ers offense. I'm intrigued what you think of, of Jordan Matthews as a tight end, Daniel. 
I almost don't know what to think. I'm not exactly sure how much because when he's been a receiver for the 49ers, he really did he never got much playing time, if any true playing time. So I'm very curious to see where he factors in because like he as we were talking earlier, this is the Niners' third time signing him. They signed him how many ever years ago, and then he pretty sure he made the roster and then was cut sometime in the season to make room. We brought him back, and now we're bringing him back as a tight end. I'm curious to see where in the depth chart he'll go. Obviously, behind George Kittle. I'm assuming definitely behind Ross Dwelly as well. Yeah. And then... Ross Dwelly's having a good training camp, I'm hearing. He is, so... You know, how often in less of injury do you see the team's third tight end? Yeah. And I would imagine he's not going to be pass blocking, run blocking in the same way that Kittle can. Like he's a he's a pass catching tight end first. I just I can't imagine you can transition from being a wide receiver to being a like a block first tight end. I don't think the only receiver who could do that is Calvin Johnson. Yeah. His nickname is Megatron. So and he was already essentially a tight end who was just fast enough to play receiver, like just yeah. body wise. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that's I just don't know if he's actually going to factor in, but he's trying. He, yeah, he, the Niners like him. If and I mean, it's times. worth remembering that he was at Trey Lance's second pro day, and for college pro days, you can only work out with your college receivers can only work out at one pro day. So Trey Lance's receivers went to his first one that the 49ers weren't at. Trey had a special second pro day for other coaches, but mainly for the Kyle Shanahan to come. And with that, Jordan Matthews was actually one of the like free agent NFL receivers who was able to come and like catch passes from Trey Lance. So there might be a bit of rapport there. That's worth knowing. Daniel, I got one more piece of news that I did not tell you we were going to talk about because I didn't think of it until right now. But I know we're a San Francisco 49ers podcast, but we are both Bay Area sports fans. And I don't think we can, in good faith, have a podcast without taking 30 seconds to say that Chris Bryant is now a San Francisco Giant. Oh, man. that I didn't even know what route you were going for some reason because Steph Curry signed his big extension yesterday. That's great, too. Great, too. That's my first thought. Big big week for Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, I, 49ers listeners, don't be offended. I'm probably more of a baseball guy than I am of a football guy. But by like, don't worry, I'm more of a football guy. Two percent. So I'm so close with both. But I am a massive Giants fan, just like I am a massive Niners fan. And I could not be happier in the Giants having Farhan Zaidi as their president of baseball operations and them going out and getting Chris Bryant and keeping the top prospects as they did. It was a textbook, beautiful trade. Farhan is amazing, and the Giants got the exact player that they needed, and this is beautiful, and I hope we can give him a contract, just like we did Fred Warner, and we can all be best friends. Yeah, and I i mean, it's time for me to dust off my baseball fan hat. I i come out of the year every, every time the Giants are good, right around August, September. I'm not a bandwagon fan. I just don't care about baseball unless the Giants are good, but we have Chris <laughs> Bryant, and I'm a huge baseball fan, and I'm excited to watch us win the World Series, and – Let's go. Um, All right. Let's – sorry, Daniel. I just had to spring that one on you. I thought of it, and I was like, we got to talk about it. That is great. But let's – let's the meat of our episode today, we're going to do what we're calling training camp takeaways. 49ers training camp is underway. I think there's been about four or five days worth of camp. First padded practices were just the other day. It is happening. And we have each kind of thought up some training camp takeaways, and we're going to – we're going to come out and be like, these are the things I think are most important that we're seeing in training camp. 
the other person might say, yeah, you know, that doesn't actually matter that much. That's just kind of hype. Training camp is messy. It's hard to really take away a lot of things from training camp, but there's always important things there. And that is what we're going to try to get to today. Daniel, you want to go first with your training camp takeaways? Uh, this was something that you and I talked about earlier. So I might be stealing it from you. Might not be. No, go for it. Biggest takeaway. You pointed out that D Ford has been healthy. Nick, the Bosa. most important thing happening at training camp. Exactly. Uh, Nick Bosa is back being healthy and the Niners have had an incredible defense. We've been talking about Warner being a part of that. Been guys like Richard Sherman have been a huge part of that. So we're going to see how that looks with him gone. Still not on a team somehow. There's a lot, there's a lot going on with, with the Richard Sherman case sure. that I think will need to, to be settled before he joins a team. Yeah. I think I, I forgot about that when I said, I'm surprised he's still on yeah. a team. That makes more sense. Um, but they're an incredible defense and they struggled this last year because half of them were not there. And so I'm just so excited to see them back into healthy form back into, okay. The guys that they envision being in each starting role are there at least in the front seven for sure. Sure. Um, but as well in all 11 defensive positions. So that it to me is the biggest takeaway is getting guys back in healthy and getting them reps and it's not just those two guys on the offense as well, trying to get, you know, Raheem Mostert has always had some, some lingering issues with those legs. And I'm just hoping that these guys can get their, their feet going and do it in a stable, healthy way. And I think that, I mean, not think that training camp, we know training camp is the, can be defined as the ramping up to the season, of course. So figuring out how to ramp up to full go, full physical play, but do it in a safe and healthy way is every team's challenge every year. Um, yeah. The freak accidents. There are guys, I think it's uh, Bissy Johnson on the Vikings has already torn yeah. his ACL for the Vikings in training camp. And that was before contact. And it just freak accidents happen like that. Sometimes going back to the season with the Niners uh, when they got hurt at the Jets stadium, yeah. uh, freak accidents, freak things like that. So we see that all the time, but biggest takeaway is good health yeah the health is huge and and you'll see reports if you're listening that like nick bosa wasn't practicing today or something like that he's on a pretty regular cadence of rest while he still comes back but he's looking phenomenal when he's out there d ford same thing he's getting out for a few rushes and i don't know if they view him as an every down pass rush guy right now until he's he's fully healthy again with the back and neck injury he dealt with last season but he's getting out there and he's looking good other important things, Javon Kinlaw, some people were saying he was nursing like a knee injury, but Javon Kinlaw was tweeting that he was totally fine. So that's second year defensive tackle, Javon Kinlaw. So that's that's great news. Um, Contavious Street is, this is melding into my second take that I'll, I'll just say right now, my most important takeaway is not just health, but is the D-line. And I think a lot of that relates to health because it's pinpointed by D Ford is healthy. Nick Bosa is healthy, but Contavious street is a guy that we've rotated in and out. Apparently looking phenomenal out there. DJ Jones, all these guys are, are looking fantastic. And with the D line, I was listening to a, an episode of the 49ers talk podcast with Matt Mayoko from NBC sports. And he had Peter King on and Peter King had just been at 49ers training camp. And he said he was texting a different NFL head coach, which thanks Peter King for spying on us who asked him, what are the 49ers what are the weaknesses on this team? And he said, slot receiver and secondary. And the coach texted back two things. He said, wow, that's not many weaknesses. And then he said, 
who even cares about their secondary with the D line as good as theirs. That's a paraphrase, but he was basically like their secondary doesn't have to be that good. As long as that D line is healthy and firing on all cylinders, which it, it is. And that, I mean, that's what it was two years ago when we went to the Super Bowl. it all came down to defensive line dominance. And I'm just, I'm expecting us to have that again. And I am very excited. And yeah, that's, so that's, my, my biggest takeaway is that the team looks healthy. Um, Jalen Hurd, a guy that I love at wide receiver, running back, tight end, an offensive weapon who someday is going to be out there and look awesome, is finally like out there. Similar to Bosa, he's resting. He he has not taken on that much contact yet. He's struggled with a back injury his rookie season, tore his ACL last year. But the fact that 49ers have kept him around through all of that is shows how much they really believe in the guy Remember, he caught like two touchdowns with the first team offense in his first preseason game, and then he was injured and never got out there. So he is a guy the 49ers want on the field, and he is apparently looking healthy. Yeah. Daniel, you have another takeaway. I think we've said, I guess, health, and then the D-line is looking great. Yeah, I think we have seen good things from our running backs as well. Just reading some of the 49ers buzz around them. Um, they were talking about how obviously Trey Sermon is the number two running back behind Raheem Mostert in the depth chart because Jeff Wilson is out for quite a while for at least the first half of the season is what I think we decided. Yeah. Um, one article says that Sermon is obviously the number two, but that he's getting more. So if he's the number two. It means he's getting reps with the first team and he's getting more reps with the starters than all of the other rookies combined. And they even noted that he looks like he belongs there. So a guy who has never played a, a full down, his first down in the NFL in a real game, is already blending in with the starters and looking like he belongs there, which yeah. is awesome. We Good for Trey Sermon. Absolutely. And then a note about Elijah Mitchell is they're saying, even as well as Sermon has played, Mitchell has played even better. Mitchell uh, is a guy to really keep an eye on, I think. Yeah. And they're saying that he looks like the second best running back out there. So he's not on the death chart in front of Sermon. And, you know, I haven't watched enough of them at all to say that Mitchell is better than Sermon. And I wouldn't say that, but I love that there is talk about how good Elijah Mitchell is because when the Niners drafted him in seventh round. Yeah. Six or seven, six or seven. I want to say it was seven, but I think you're right. And I just remember it was so late and usually when the Niners draft or when any team drafts a running back or a receiver in the seventh round, my thought is you might not make the team when training camp rolls around because most likely you've drafted a running back or receiver before that. Yeah. You've already got some on the squad. You maybe you've signed some, traded for some. So like you're going to be a special teams guy at best or you're going to get cut or put on the practice squad. So I did not truly have a whole lot of faith that Elijah Mitchell was going to make the team. Granted, it's easier now that Jeff Wilson is injured, but I think that Mitchell still would have made it even with Jeff Wilson healthy, even with us having Wayne, uh, Wayne Gallman, yeah. who I haven't I, really heard a ton about. But I, I think, think Elijah that, Mitchell is a guy to keep an eye on. I think Trey Sermon. I do think it's worth noting that if we're looking at like with running back, who's getting in with the first team offense, it would shock me if we're not giving Raheem Mostert a decent amount of rest. So I think... Like if it's like, oh, somebody is getting more carries with the first team offense than Raheem Mostert is, I would say I think they're probably trying to take care of him and they've probably got him on a snap count. But I agree that have I mean, having running back depth and guys who can step up and produce 
is super important to the 49ers offense. And they've been able to do that for two reasons. One, because the offensive line is awesome and the run scheme is the best run scheme in the NFL. But two, because we've been able to grab and stash talented guys. And with those things, I think having all these running backs on the roster is consistent with what the 49ers have done under Kyle Shanahan and is awesome. That's a great note. You know, it's it's important to remember who Raheem Mostert is. He's 28, 29, um, which, you know, we, we it's, it's wild for some people to hear that that is old for an NFL player. But for a running back, I mean, that is – that is the tail end of their career, at least as a it, starter. Adrian Peterson Im- begs to differ, but. I, I think the only thing I would push back with Raheem Mostert is a lot of people, if you listen to like the fantasy footballers, they don't talk about running back age. They talk about carries. And I can't remember what their, what their limit is, but there's a, there's a line where they say, I think it's like 10,000 or something like that. They're like, if you have had this many touches in the NFL, you're done. Like you as a running back, like you cannot make it past that point. And so if that's the case, Raheem Mostert might be able to extend his career a little longer since he didn't really start getting significant carries until he was 26, 27. Like he's, he, he started out older because he was that, that special teams ace who the 49ers realized could be so much more. So I, I wonder if maybe the fact that he started out his like workload as like a, a true running back later in his career might allow him to extend his prime a little longer. He totally could. The only, I guess the only doubt I have about that is some of the injuries that he's already dealt with. But again, we talked about this a few weeks ago and in a, in a, maybe a month ago in an earlier podcast we did, but he, and I think he was, we compared him to Jimmy to where like we, we talked about how Jimmy is so injury prone when it's like, well, he sprained his ankle. He came back too early and hurt the same ankle that he did again. So really it's not injury prone. He's always injured. It's, Oh, we sprained an ankle. Not a, not a great injury. Hard to come back from those things take time. And it also, you know, you can heal up to a certain point. This is Dr. Daniel coming out. Yeah. You can heal up to a certain point, but once you put it back into uh, game speed, that's the real test. And you can't practice that that's only in a game. You can't prepare for that. It's only in a game when you can test that. So it was the same thing for Raheem Mostert. He, he has had some, some leg stuff, but I I'm with you. I think he could do it because he's honestly like saved his, his health. And I, with the 49ers, like committee, not that we have the 49ers spell their running backs a lot. Like Raheem Mostert is not the only guy getting carries and Raheem Mostert is a unique player in the NFL. There aren't many guys who are, I mean, he's the fastest running back in the NFL most of the time. Like there aren't many guys who I'm, I, I have a hard time comparing him to someone in terms of what he, what he is and what he does. And so because of that, I can't say like, Oh, this guy was doing what he was doing and he was able to go till 31. Like, I can't really like think of the guy to compare him to. And so because of that, I wonder like, maybe he's an anomaly. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm curious as to how that goes, but I do think most of the, the NFL community, especially the fantasy football community does think that this is Raheem Mostert's last, last season with the 49ers and with like in a prominent role. I have no inside information on that. I, I have no inside information at all. I don't know why I said that, but um, I know the fantasy football community very much views Raheem Mostert as a one, as this is his last year. So I think that's worth remembering. All right, Daniel, I'm going to move on. I'm saving my my big, my favorite takeaway that I really want to talk about the most till the end, because I think we're going to have a lot to say about that. 
But my next takeaway is that Mike McGlinchey has put on weight. Mike McGlinchey was a little lighter. He was around 290 pounds last season. He's now up to 310. Last season, Mike McGlinchey was one of the best run blockers in the NFL. Pretty bad at pass protection. And it sounded like the team came to him and was like, you need to put on some weight so you can handle these D linemen and take a bull rush better and stuff like that. McGlinchey said, okay. And he put on 20 to 25 pounds. He's now weighing in at 310. He is apparently eating like every hour and a half to to keep this weight on. If you want to go on The Athletic or listen to some podcasts, there's been some talk of a dish called the pork roll. No idea what that is, but apparently he's been eating a lot of them. And he is apparently – and apparently it's working. Yesterday was his first time up against the one-on-one. He went up against Eric Armstead, some of the other 49ers, pass rushers, and he was he was able to stop them in ways that he wasn't last year. He was saying that he, because he was a little lighter last year, was planting his feet a little early when he knew he had like a big rusher coming, and that was, was stopping him from really – really being able to effectively pass block. And so with this extra weight, he feels a lot more confident. And at least he says he's been able to maintain that mobility that's made him a great run blocker as well. So I'm I'm excited about that. Mike McGlinchey, I think, has a lot of upside at right tackle. And last season was a down season for him in pass protection. But you know what? He saw what his mistake was. He admitted it. And he went out and he fixed it. So I'm excited to see him on the field this year. And I don't know, 310 pounds. It's ridiculous saying like, oh yeah, well he needed to put on some weight at 290, but that's just, that's the NFL world we live in. It was just wild to hear you say, yeah, he was a little light last year at 290. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that is I mean, I'm not used to hearing. I was reading about it and that's, that's supposedly what he was. I just, I cannot, I cannot fathom that being light. I agree with you, but that's, that's the world. That's the NFL, man. It is it's crazy. Yeah, and, and a, a big note on the just to kind of break down why planting his feet early for kind of bigger rushers like that is not good. Is you know the bigger the rusher, the heavier they are, the earlier he plants his feet, he's losing, he's losing that stride, that momentum, and it's just moving force, kind of meeting planted force, and especially if he's a little lighter, which again is just wild to say at two ninety that he's a little lighter, especially just looking at him. But I mean, he, he was yeah, he's a huge man. He's like six foot eight or something like that. Oh yeah. So being 290 at six foot eight is lighter. I remember, uh, I, I don't know if he's in the hall of fame or not. I feel like he has to be. Um, I'd have to look that up. He was for the Ravens for a long time. Jonathan Odin, Ogden, one of the two. Yeah. He was, he was Ogden. Uh, yeah. He was six, nine, three seventy five. That's ridiculous. One of the, one of the biggest offensive linemen I've ever seen. Uh, he was his the end of his career was right as I was just kind of really getting into football, so I knew who he was. Um, but he is one of the biggest humans I've ever seen, and he was six nine, so right around just a little taller than Mike. But well, for for some context, Trent Williams, best left tackle in the NFL, according to the Google search I just ran, is six foot five, three hundred and eighteen pounds. Joe Staley was six foot five, three hundred and fifteen pounds. So that's yes, it's a little lighter than McGlinchey, but but you're right with that height. He's, he's still skinnier than Trent Williams probably. Yeah. And so, you know, he's, he's right around like Trent Williams and Joe Staley. I, I'm pretty sure those are two of the guys on the NFL all decade team. I'm pretty sure they both made it. Oh yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. And so it's, it, it, I don't even think I realized that, you know, our former left tackle was on it and our current left tackle is on, and there's only four tackles that yeah. made the all decade team. I'm pretty positive. 
that's what that's offensive a- linemen have to do to keep that weight on is insane to me. If you ever wanted, this is just an aside, but if you ever are curious, like look up guys like Joe Thomas or Joe Staley and see how they look now that they're done in the NFL. They usually drop an insane amount of weight immediately when they retire from the NFL. It's it's night and day, and it shows you the commitment that NFL players put their bodies through to to play in the NFL. You look at them and you're like, man, you were an offensive lineman, really? Like, I get it. You're you're tall. You're like you're a big guy, but like you're not that big. Like, if you if you look at Joe Staley right now, he's cut. He's fit, yeah. and he has lost his belly. He's lost his gut pretty much fully. Yeah. I mean, there he's been posting pictures of of him out living his life and uh, some workout pictures, and he, man, he looks good. He looks like um, a fit athlete, and it's like, oh, people think just because these guys look bigger and larger and with stomachs they can't they're not athletic they don't have that when it's like no they're probably some of the most athletic guys in the league yeah. just because they're not their 40-yard dash time isn't incredible comparatively to Tyreek Hill probably the worst person I can compare them to but it's like no they're still freak athletes man yeah I think it's it's interesting I mean I would love to have a doctor tell me, like, if you want to be in the NFL, you just need to eat every two hours. Like, that sounds great. But even that, like, eating every two hours sounds terrible. Like, that's that's crazy commitment. But Mike McGlinchey was saying he loses, like, 15 pounds just from water sweating out water weight every practice. Mike like, said that? Yeah. I mean, LeBron James has said, like, similar things during that he loses a bunch of weight during games by sweating. I don't know. It's crazy what athletes go through. But that's that's kind of an aside. All right, Daniel, can I go to my favorite thing that I really want to talk about now? Or do you have anything else? Niner Nation, are you ready for Timmy to do his favorite thing in the world? Guys, Trey Lance is apparently looking awesome this training camp. Just some highlights. He's thrown a couple deep balls. He went 14 for 15 yesterday in his practices. He apparently logged on to his iPad more than anybody else to watch film. Although Kyle Shanahan immediately dismissed that by saying, well, like, yeah, but he could have had a movie on like, (laughs) but all these guys, Trey Lance is apparently looking incredible. He's been taking off on runs and quite frankly, and he had his first play with the first team offense yesterday, which was a designed run play. He came in with, with the first team offensive line, which I guess the receivers, tight ends, they move around a lot. So if you hear about him throwing to Brandon Ayuk, that does not mean he's working with the first team. If he's working with the first team offensive line, that is what matters to keep an eye on. And he's had one play with them so far, and it was a designed run, which makes sense. Cal Shanahan basically said like, well, yeah, we want to run this play. And like, if we run it, we're running it with Trey. Totally makes sense. He has been described as Patrick Mahomes 2.0. And if you don't know, 2.0 is better than 1.0. So I'm excited about that. And Debo Samuel, after a deep ball, Trey Lance threw, said he's got balls. And he's been taking shots. That's what matters to me. He's thrown some picks, but he's going out there and he's throwing bombs and he's a gunslinger. He's throwing these crossbody passes that, quite frankly, Jimmy cannot make. Kyle Shannon has said that too. He's like, all you really want to see from him is that he's going out there and slinging it. Jimmy has been described as playing the best football of his career, but he's thrown some picks. He's been less consistent on like catch percentage than than Trey. I think Jimmy's looking great. Kyle Shanahan has been firm in saying that this is not a QB competition. None of that. But Trey Lance did have a play with the first team offense. I think that just alludes to, I don't think it's impossible that Trey Lance comes in maybe around the goal line for some designed QB runs, even if Jimmy is the starter. But I think the more and more I'm hearing, and we can talk about this, the more and more I'm thinking it's not impossible 
that Trey Lance is the starter come week one for this team. And I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is still firmly the starter, but with all of this stuff you're reading, it seems like it's becoming more and more possible that it, it could be Trey Lance. And I can, I can go through why in a minute, but Daniel, have you read some of this Trey Lance hype? I am. I bought my Jersey the other day. Like I I'm in on this guy. That's what I was just about to ask. I was going to see if, of only nine nation can respond right now. I'm like, should Timmy get his Lance Jersey already oh, it's in the mail? It's arriving today. I would, I would say so as well. And the second Warner signed his extension. I wanted to get one. I've already got a Kittle and Ricky Mostert, but what, what is one more? Right. But Lance, um, I do not think that it is impossible for him to be the week one starter. I just firmly believe it won't happen. Um, I think that, you know, he, he hasn't gotten any other than that one play. He hasn't gotten any first team reps in camp. So I think starting a rookie off uh, that early, you, you don't see it. Not that they don't start week one, but like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, who will be their team's week one starters, they're getting, I guess, not even all the first team reps because Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew are actually kind of splitting first team reps. I'm assuming Trevor's getting more, but I, I truly did Gardner. see reports. I know, but like, it's funny. We joke about it, but Gardner and him really are Gardner and Trevor really are splitting. I think they trade Gardner Minshew, but that's, that's a thought for another time. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, maybe he's, you know, he's not destined for a career backup. I think he could start somewhere else, but maybe they like having a, he's not even, a, I was going to say a veteran. He's barely a veteran. He's just a few years older than Trevor, but maybe they yeah. like guys and, um, but there's just no way Trey Lance in my mind will be the starter if he's not full blown, like, okay, first, first team reps, take them all. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he just won't be ready if he's not getting first team reps uh, by any means. I think getting a rookie quarterback to start week one, even when like Trevor Lawrence, you know, it was all but written in stone that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the first overall pick to the Jaguars. And he was going to be the starting quarterback week one. I am surprised about some of the split first team reps with Gardner Minshew, but even that is almost in my mind, rushing a guy into the starting role. So not having Lance get first team reps is that would be the fastest go take the starting job I've ever seen. Um, but I do think that no, I know that Shanahan has said, this is not an open quarterback competition, yeah, but he Lance, has to say that. He has to say that, and I think he believes it. I think that they, I think that they true all believe that they true they truly all do believe those are the right words yeah. that Jimmy is their guy and is their starter. But they all know that they're saying that, and there's no deadline. There's yeah. there's no one saying you know forever for the season. I think that they're going to start week one. He's our guy, and they all know that at some point in the season. Trey Lance is, he is knocking at the door just from his play. He's, he's, he's making them. And this is not a knock on Jimmy, but Trey Lance can do things. Jimmy can't. That's just a fact. Jimmy has been a great quarterback. He has stepped up pretty much every time the 49ers have needed him to. I'm a Jimmy fan, even though he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl, but that's okay. I think like he's a good quarterback, but Trey Lance can do things. He cannot Jimmy Garoppolo can do things. I cannot but Trey Lance can do things Jimmy Garoppolo cannot. <laughs> yeah. Timmy, you know what? Just to boost your confidence. I'm sure there's something you can do that Jimmy can't do. We'll find Thank it you. one day. Thank you. I think 
here's here's what I keep coming back to. If I agree with you, I think they want Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starter, but they're going to give the reins to Trey Lance the second that he gives the team a better chance to win. And that's what David Lombardi of The Athletic keeps saying. I guess I like David Lombardi a lot because I keep quoting him. But he's been saying, like, the second Trey is ready to help the Niners win more than Jimmy is, he's the guy. And so I think with first-team reps, all of that, while Jimmy is the starter, you you can't go to Trey and then go back. That's that's the big thing. You cannot say to your veteran guy who you've been telling that he's the guy, you can't say to him, actually, never mind, we're going to the rookie. And then a week later, be like, never mind, you're back. You just – you. That, that is something we cannot do. And so because of that, Kyle Shanahan has to say everything that he's saying about it being a competition, about Jimmy being the guy, until he knows that Lance is the guy. So I think you're right. I think Lance is knocking on the door. But he cannot start giving Lance significant first-team reps until he knows that Lance is going to be the starter. And so that that might happen. But... Uh, that's that's the big thing. He has to say all of these things because you cannot go back once you bench Jimmy. And so it's going to happen. I'm I'm pretty confident it might happen this season. It might happen next season. But it's going to happen that Jimmy gets benched and that Trey becomes the starter. The question is just a when at this point. And it's always been a when, not an if. But But he has to act... Kyle Shanahan has the head coach has to firmly act as if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter. He has to say things to kind of put Trey Lance down like he did about the iPad watching thing about Peter King. Like he, he has to say that until Trey Lance earns the job. But if you watch what they're doing, I think Trey Lance is, is earning the job and the, he's got the players, like the players are complimenting him. I think he's doing everything he needs to do to potentially start week one and maybe they trade him maybe with the Colts with Carson Wentz going down are actually a good option for him but I think you can't go to Trey Lance until he's ready and because of that I don't think it's going to be hey the 49ers are thinking of going to Trey Lance hey it's a QB competition now I think it's going to be Trey's our starter and so because of that I'm not interested in what Kyle Shanahan is saying I'm interested in how Trey Lance is looking because I think it's just going to be one day Trey Lance is the starter, and I think it could happen before before week one. I'm really excited to watch Trey Lance get out there in preseason, and I just think, yeah, I just, I think it's going to be sudden. It's going to feel sudden, but if we watch what the Niners are doing, I'm not sure it's going to look sudden, but if we watch what they're saying, we're going to be surprised when Trey Lance takes over because you just you cannot – cut ruin a guy's confidence like that would do to Jimmy if they say you're the starter you're the starter you're the starter Trey's the starter actually Jimmy we need you to be the starter again like it's gotta be and that would ruin Trey's confidence you just you can't do that injury is a whole nother story but obviously like in terms of how 100% 100%. we're not talking about any injuries here but that is a fantastic point that you make that Kyle's in a tricky spot because even if he wants Trey to be there even if he knows we all know that he's the future guy where it's not a question of if it's when Every, every person, not even a 49ers fan, should get that. It's not if, it's when. It could be if if it's this season, but it's, it's a matter of when. And, I, I mean, I think that – I do not – I fully think that Trey Lance will take over at some point during this season. I'd be pretty yeah. shocked unless Jimmy has the best year of his career, then they stick with him. And you know what? Jimmy steps up under pressure, so he very well might. And just because they, and just because Kyle and the rest of the 49ers staff has said Jimmy's our guy, everyone knows, especially Jimmy, they drafted Trey Lance. They traded three first-round picks to go get their future quarterback 
even though Jimmy is still pretty young. So and you Jimmy know what there need there doesn't need to be any quarterback competition acknowledged. Like I yeah. feel bad for Jalen Hurts and Philly when they're like, oh, he took over last year and Carson sat, and okay, he's gonna they let Carson go, they traded him, and so Jalen Hurts gets a starting job, and they're like, oh, we're gonna have an open quarterback competition. It's like, dang. Yeah. Yeah, no faith in your dude is what you're saying to me. Well, they also have Nick Mullins, so you have to. Exactly, right? You can't not give that guy a shot. But it's tough when, you know, confidence is a big thing and you need to help instill that in your players in every which way you can. Totally. And so, of course, saying we're sticking with Jimmy is instilling confidence in him. But he, yeah, there, there's no need to say there's an open quarterback competition, even if there's truly not. But he feels that. He knows they went and got this guy. They gave three first-round picks, which I still think is wild, but I love that we it's have crazy. three, to get him, and he knows. I mean, that's that's all the pressure I think he needs, and you're right. He does perform well under that kind of pressure. I think Super Bowl pressure not airing guys out, as you noted, is a different kind of pressure he has struggled with, but it it is a matter of when, not if, and I think Trey is just making it harder and harder for that when to be longer uh- I think what's really important is if you listen to the things coming out about Trey Lance, it's not just, oh my gosh, look at this throw he made. And it's not just, oh my gosh, he's so good at running. Like those are phenomenal things. But it's also like this guy's working his butt off. His teammates are loving him. Like he's a leader. He's got the right attitude. If he throws a pick, he doesn't mind going back out there and throwing another bomb. Like that, those are the intangible things that like, you might hear about a veteran, like his teammates love him. He's winning over the locker room, like things like that. Like those are the things that matter to me. And, and with Jimmy and you know what props to Jimmy, like according to Trey Lance, Jimmy has been the nicest guy to him the entire time. Like, don't forget that Jimmy's first, like Jimmy immediately called his coach, like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I forget. And it was like, give me Trey Lance's number. Like I want to welcome this guy to the team. Like Jimmy has been a class act in all of this and this would suck, but I just, I think when it's, when it's intangibles like that, that is important that it's things like his leadership, his work ethic, like his ability to relearn defenses and work his butt off like that. That is what matters to me. And I'm just wondering if we might look back on this, like a Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn situation where Matt Flynn was going to be the, and it's different because Matt Flynn hadn't been on the team, but where it was like, this is Matt Flynn's job. And then Russell Wilson just came in and won it, won that job in camp and, took his team pretty far as a rookie. Most people don't even know who Matt Flynn is. Yeah, but Matt Flynn came in as the free agent. He was supposed to be the Seahawks starter. They also drafted a guy you may have heard of named Russell Wilson. Wilson came in as a rookie and beat him out. And I, it wouldn't shock me if they trade Jimmy just if, if some other – we've already got one starter down in Carson Wentz. If another guy goes down and, like, a team is willing to pay, I think they do it. I think – I, I do think – I think the 49ers have Super Bowl aspirations this year. And as far as I know, no team has ever won a, won a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. And I think that's the biggest limiting principle is that it does seem – if they trade Jimmy, it's hard to look and say, oh, okay, we're still going for a Super Bowl. But you know what? Yeah. With this team, with this offense, with this guy, like with Trey Lance, it's not, it's not impossible. And I just think it's worth keeping an eye on. And what I would keep an eye on is what his teammates are saying about him and – and the reps he's getting out there. I don't really care what Kyle Shannon is saying because, like I said, he has to say things to instill confidence in Jimmy. And he has to say things to he has to say things to light a fire under Trey Lance's butt. Like he can't go around complimenting him in this situation. So I'm much more interested in what's happening. 
the most important thing in the Jimmy and Trey, who's it going to be whenever is, is the point you made about when you make that switch, it's a one-time thing. I think that we saw in Chicago this last year with this whole Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, who's it going to be literally, it could be a different starter each week. That is horrible. That is, that ruins, I mean, I don't think Mitch Trubisky had a lot of confidence or had a lot of reasons to for a while, but man, what a, that is just the hardest thing when it's like your own team, your coaches don't believe in you. Like we get it guys struggle. We get it. Some quarterbacks aren't that good. And they like, you know, they're on the hot seat. They should be replaced. But when it's a week to week thing to Ryan Fitzpatrick last season, terrible for Tua's confidence. Sure. When, when you make that switch, especially with the, that is a perfect example of you got old guy, Ryan Fitzmagic and Tua. And when you make that switch, you gotta, you gotta ride it out. Especially, I think the Dolphins essentially made the wrong decision because they should have just let Tua keep going. Because I guess actually the Dolphins were fighting for a spot. Yeah. They were closer than I thought. So Ryan that Fitzpatrick makes- is an anomaly in that he's gonna somehow he's gonna get on the field and be awesome once once or twice. I, tr- a season. I truly think they just shouldn't have made the switch at that point if they were fighting. I don't know if they were fighting truly at the point where they made it. But it, it you're right. Is that when you switch from Jimmy to Trey? I think that is the time where you need to trade Jimmy. So you give Trey, Hey, we're ride or die you, but that's, what's so tough about the season is absolutely. They have, they have Super Bowl not only aspirations, but expectations. They're in the toughest division in the NFL, but yet they could still make it. I think they will finish ahead of both or one of the Seahawks or the Rams for the wild card at the very least. And if you're, if, if it's week eight, and they're in first place or they're still right there with those two teams and Jimmy's still the quarterback probably stick with Jimmy. They're sticking with Jimmy because you're right. You can't, I don't want to say you can't, but I, I think I believe that you cannot go into playoffs hoping for a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback because you know, he's getting his feet wet in the NF feet wet in the NFL. And that is a hard enough task already and expecting him to lead you into the playoffs, a Super Bowl. That is some uncharted waters and pressure. That is, yeah. and that I, is so much. I think it's possible. Like I'm, I, I mean, there's someone will do it someday. A rookie quarterback will win a Super Bowl at some point. Like things happen at eventually, but it's hard to to want that. But I think the going back and forth thing. It's not that like like teams do it, but not teams that are doing things right. And the 49ers are an organization that does things right. And I think that is important. And I think Shanahan and Lynch, they knew what they were doing when they brought in Lance. And maybe he is blowing them away in camp, and that might change the timeline a little. And maybe they do look and say, saying, huh, maybe we can trade Jimmy, recoup some of the first-round picks we trade for Trey Lance, all of that. But I think they're going to do things right. And I think the bye week is really important to watch. Like, We'll talk fantasy football in a later episode, but I say pick up Trey Lance the week before the 49ers bye week because if they're going to make the switch, that's going to be going to be the week. But I agree with you. It's hard to look. If we trade Jimmy away, I have to say, huh, our chances of making a Super Bowl run have gone down a little. But maybe on the back of a great defense on a great run game, maybe we don't need Trey to do that much. And maybe, I mean, we didn't need Jimmy to do that much to get to the Super Bowl Super Bowl in 2020. And so I think maybe we don't need Trey to do that much. And maybe a rookie quarterback can get there. And maybe Trey is the exception to the rule. I want him to be the only, the only way. Cause I, I disagree that 
Uh, the bye week, you're right, is usually the week they make the switch, but the Niners' bye week is week six. Yeah. Early. So unless the 49ers, unless Jimmy is struggling right out the gate, I do not think that they will make the switch in the bye week only because it is early. Yeah. You're, you're correct in saying that's usually in the bye week when they make a switch. It's what always happens. They get extra time, give them those reps. I just, I mean, I think that if the Niners are, because uh, week six, if they're three and two, even if they're two and three, which I don't think they will be, pretty easy start to the schedule, I want to say. Yeah. Well, in, and remember, the 49ers have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Yeah. So I just don't see them making the switch there because it's so early. But you're right where that's usually where we see it. Um, yeah. This is each week, this gets harder and harder for me to understand when Trey Lance might be coming in because. I, when we first talked about it, I'm like, no way. Wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't touch a ball in a game unless it's like you. garbage time or the last week of the season if like we have a buyer. Or, or maybe a Taysom Hill kind of coming in to run the ball package. Sure. Like, like he got his first team rep in uh, training camp. It's like, yeah. oh, we want to run this play. We're going to do it with Trey. I think that is sounding like something that might actually happen that he comes in semi regularly to run like a read option. Sure. And Jalen Hurts did the same thing to start his year. Lamar Jackson did the first thing in his. Sure. His I think Lamar Jackson could be an interesting comparison to what we have happening here. That's I, I, I agree with that as well. With good old Joe Flacco. I hate that guy. Beat us in a Super Bowl. Yeah, but it gets harder and harder every week to predict when Trey Lance might come in. He's making it harder for us. I think it's, it's all going to go with the rest of the crew, with how the Niners perform and what their, I think their record is going to mean a lot. And I think that their their Super Bowl aspirations and the division they're in is, is going to have a lot to say about it. And man, am I excited to watch the season? Absolutely. Am I getting nervous already for for Jimmy? I've seen reports of man, they should trade him to the Texans. I'm like, no, don't. No, do don't that. do that to Jimmy. He's been respect. good to us. He's yeah. been good to us. No. I think. Wait, I want to pry into something you just said. Are you saying you think that if Trey Lance becomes the starter? depends more on how the rest of the team does than necessarily how Trey and Jimmy do. Is that kind of what you were saying? Like if the rest of the team is playing well, we're sticking with Jimmy because we'll be a contending team. I'm interested in that. That's interesting. No, no I think I you were more so reading into something I didn't necessarily mean. As okay. Much, oh, yeah. Fair enough. Your point is great. I said that. Um, I'm more so just mean um, the record itself. And that's kind of how I meant yeah. how they're doing it. If Jimmy's struggling, man, I mean, if, if he's truly struggling, then yeah, I think they'll, they'll make a switch. And- but he struggled. Yeah. Oh, he totally. Jimmy has absolutely struggled at times. And he has, I, I have always said, I think that the NFL world rips on Jimmy way too much, but it's not like he hasn't earned any of the skepticism or doubts in him. Like he has definitely earned, especially what game was it? I can't, I have to look now, but I just remember it was like the last play of the game. Trent Taylor's just running a simple out route and Jimmy missed him by a mile. And I that's where I was like, what is happening? This is this is the last play of the game. We just needed the first down. We would have been in line for that field goal. And that yeah. was where I, I said, Jimmy, you know what? I, I can't I can't support you every week anymore. Um, yeah, it's I mean, it's tough because we like Jimmy Garoppolo. He seems like a great guy. He's been every time the 49ers have needed him to step up on the football field, especially in the 2019-2020 season. There weren't that many times because we were an awesome team, but there were times when we needed Jimmy to step up and make a play to get us a win. And he made it every single time except for that Super Bowl throw that he missed. But he stepped up and he seems like a nice guy. 
and he's been great for this team. And the 49ers have won when he is out there within the Shanahan regime. But Trey Lance is better. And Trey Lance raises the ceiling on what this team can do. And, and, we, and we want that. And that and that's what we want. And is this Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes? I'm not sure. Patrick Mahomes was not the Patrick Mahomes has said himself he was not particularly polished. I mean, he says he's still figuring out how to read defenses. Trey Lance, sure, he played at a lower level of college football, but he's polished. He knows defenses. Like he's got a whole year. Yeah, Pat's had a whole year, but Patrick Mahomes has said he was not ready. And he, I mean, you forget he played baseball too. Like he was not a, a full-time football guy really until he came to the NFL. He yeah, was I'm, when I'm he pointing out that Pat sat a whole year because he said he wasn't polished even when he started. And sure. He got to watch Alex Smith for a year. So that's why. I just think Trey might be more polished than Mahomes was coming into the NFL is what I'm saying. Yeah, which I'm sure to listeners sounds like a crazy thing, but again, we're, we're not talking about, Pat's the last, what, two, three, three years. Patrick Mahomes is the most talented player to ever play the quarterback position, but yeah. This is before all that happened that he proved that this is before he truly became that is what we're talking about. Just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting comparison there. Interesting. I think, yeah, it's interesting to compare that same situation. And then I think moving forward as this season goes on, it'll be fun to watch. Let's we'll go back and look at Lamar Jackson's intro to the NFL behind Joe Flacco and Pat Mahomes, same thing. Um, And we'll, we'll compare and see how much plays Trey Lance gets to come into in a specific, like we're running this one play and we want Trey to do it instead. All, all I'm going to say is when I buy Madden 22 this year and I'm playing as the 49ers, I will be benching Jimmy Garoppolo and bringing out Trey Lance. Probably most of the time I play. Because that's the kind of offense I want to run, and that's the kind of ceiling I want to have, and I want to play as a quarterback that can take off for twenty yards downfield. And I think Cal Shanahan wants that too. I'm sure he does. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm. This is a great. This is a great place to be, Daniel. We get to have this debate between two awesome, talented quarterbacks who their teammates love, who their coaches respect, who work their butts off. Both Jimmy and uh, and Trey Lance do that. We're in an awesome position. We have a great 49ers team, and we get to sit here and talk about, do we want to play this talented quarterback, or do we want to play this maybe more talented quarterback? This is an awesome position to be in, and I am excited. Training camp is happening. This is going to be a great 49ers season. Yeah, I'm pumped. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Trey Watch. Yeah, Trey Watch. I'm big on Trey. We'll be bringing you Trey Watch every single week. We will be. That, <laughs> on the Trey be area. Starts, that will be a segment of every episode. What did he do this week? Yeah. Um, Man, I'm excited. Daniel, thanks for for hopping on this podcast today. I think we should probably probably get into the end, but any any parting thoughts you want to send to the 49ers fans out there? No, that's that's all. I I poured out all my thoughts out for the morning on the table. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. It's been fun recording with you. Um, Listeners, we'll get this up soon. And... Hopefully, I think we might see you next week. I know we've done every two weeks, but we might be we might be on next week as well. Thanks We're for tuning in. Yeah. Stay safe out there and uh, don't let the hype, the Trey Lance hype train run you over. <laughs> Bye, listeners. Bye.